Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. I am Steven, joined today by Cade. Cade, what's up, buddy? Feeling good. Had three wins in a row. Just enjoying it. Soaking it all in. Oh, abs- absolutely. You know, it does not feel like the tank is on right now. No. Uh, and joining us, Jackson. What's up, buddy? I'm doing well. Say the the tank is off. The hype train is on. That's what we're doing. That's sure right. And making his season debut for us here on the Boomtown Hoops podcast, Josh is joining us. Josh, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Stephen? Um, you know, kind of like what you guys said, just enjoying this uh thunder little three game winning streak. Uh, right now the tank is officially off. So, when it was. <laughs> Oh man, we it, it would be a great thing if the tank was officially off, wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh but no uh you know two two really good wins uh to start this road trip. Um and, you know the the episode is you know titled The Comeback Kids. Literally it seems like this team has just it's almost like they do this on purpose, Cade. It's just like they get down and then in the fourth quarter they're just like, "All right, here we are." I mean, if the tank's going to be off, we might have might as well add like a little bit of spice to it. So, I mean, the comeback is <laughs> what it is. But uh, I mean, it's, I think it's more impressive. I mean, let's look at an exact game. Looking at the Minnesota game, watching the dynamic of okay, SJ is going to lead his group, Josh is going to lead his group, then they're going to have a little bit of a break and they're going to come back together and dominate together. That was like the first time we really saw that of like coming back and just having like a one-two punch of the two. So, I mean, it's been pretty cool to watch. Just you know, the comebacks in general, it, it definitely adds some spice to the rebuild. Yeah, and 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 Josh and Josh and Jackson, I'll I'll kind of let you guys spearhead the, this Atlanta game. Like this is one of those this one of those games to me where it was just like, you know, they kind of felt like they were in it all along, and then, and, and I think we should talk about this too. The whole Trey Young drama with Nate McMillan. I that's just a very interesting angle to to this whole Atlanta win, which makes it even just more interesting to me. So, um, Jackson, I'll start with you. What's kind of your takeaway from that Atlanta game? Um, I think the takeaway is that Atlanta wishes they drafted a different guard. Um, might be a little, uh, you know, might be a little bit of a stretch um, for Atlanta fans, but I definitely think um, Shea outplayed Trey, and in general, is is proving to be, in my opinion, behind Luca, probably the second best player from that draft. Um, it was it was a heck of a comeback. It was one of those things where it was like it, they never felt like they were out of it, but it was it was a ten point game, like ten to twelve point game for a lot longer than you would have liked. But say when when we started rolling, they started to fall apart, and it just it it felt like you know they're the what they're fourth in the East. It felt like you know we were a better team than them, and that's you know a good sight to see. Yeah, and, and, and Josh, like, you know, kind of looking at, you know, this is your first, you know, episode here with us. So, like, I mean, kind of, I mean, not more specifically Atlanta, but just, like, even the last just, like, week or so, like, what have you seen from this team that's made you, like, okay, they could really, they could be a problem for, for teams that are unsuspecting? Well, um. I think it really revolves around um, SGA. You know, last year he really didn't play that much, but um, obviously Thunder are a much better team when he's on the floor and he's going to get after it. And um, I'll tell you another guy who I'm really impressed with is um, Isaiah Joe, you know, goes three or four from the three-point line last night. Um, Jackson, kind of like what you said about, um, you know, Trey Young not playing. You know, I'm a huge Oklahoma fan and obviously love watching Trey Young play when I can, but 
I was a little bit disappointed. I thought he did not have his best stuff, and SGA was a lot better than Trey Young last night. Yeah, and Kate, uh, we were talking about it in the in the Discord channel before we started recording, and you said that he has scored thirty points in was it seven straight games. Correct yep, me if I'm... his appearances. And so, I mean, that's like I was just like that is just straight up SGA All Star propaganda, which I know we talked about a couple episodes ago. But Kate, like, how much of you know in these last seven games, like, is he making making the statement of he should be in the All Star game? It's not necessarily the fact that he is getting 30 plus because I mean, that alone is impressive. And I mean, you kind of look at the best scores in the league and the way they're getting their points and, the, you know, the line being a big part of it. He's done an excellent job by getting to the line in that stretch. And and one thing in particular about the Atlanta game is you can kind of watching him. And I, I want to draw this back to like almost like Russell Westbrook. He's not having in my eyes. He's not having like the best game. He doesn't just don't, he just doesn't look all the way there. And then. I'll look up at the boss board and he has a decent game going and then he hasn't shot a free throw until the third quarter. And then he rattles off like four or five quick free throws. And then he just makes two incredible dunks, one in transition and one on somebody. So just kind of watching the way he gets it done. That just looks like an all-star. He just dra- drags out and gets the win. No matter if he starts not too well, he can kind of just bounce back and give you 35 on a sneaky night. Yeah. And, and Jackson, Josh talked about Isaiah Joe and kind of what he's been able to bring. And man, I remember whenever Thunder signed him, everybody was like, who in the world is this guy besides Isaiah Joe and, you know, the, the main cast of, of Dort Giddy. And, and we'll talk more about Giddy here in a little bit and SGA, who has somebody that has impressed you kind of, you know, you want to see a little bit more, but they've already made a statement already. I think the two big ones are the rookies. I think, obviously, J-Dub won Rookie of the Month, so not as much him. I mean, he's impressed me throughout, but especially last night against Atlanta, uh, Usman Jang, uh, he, you know, he's playing a lot better than I expected him to at this stage of his career. Um, he's had career high 15 last night. I know he got sent back down in the blue today um, to get some more run, but I was very, very impressed with what I saw from him last night, um, and I, I think he is – a guy who is going to be a really, really good player, and he's going to be another one of those Presti steals in the draft. I mean, just to piggyback off of that, talking about Jing, just kind of looking at the way he he comes into the you know this little stretch of games. As Digno even said this in a presser, he says this is a check checkpoint. You know, see where he's at, and for him to come in and you know he he was effective in the San Antonio game. Um, but coming into this Atlanta game and set a career high and shoot the ball well and just looked really controlled. I think that's a really good thing you want to see in a checkpoint like that. And now I can go back and continue working on his game. So that's a good thing to see. Yep, I think you guys pretty much um you know summed it up. You know, I've been liking the way Jed has been playing too. Yeah, I I think you know, just basically just to kind of recap and echo everybody. I mean, Presty, from what we've seen, he has just hit it out of the park with these rookie selection, you know, with the selections this year. Speaking of a rookie, the one that hasn't played a single minute this year, unfortunately, our good buddy Chet Holmgren uh, had surgery today on Wednesday to remove uh, basically the the metal in his foot uh, from that Liz Frank surgery. So Jackson kind of, I mean, I'm I'm just going to say you're our our, uh, podcast medical expert, which I know you're not but I'm just going to dub you as that. So, you know, kind of what does that, you know, does that seem like progress to you or does that seem like we're still many, many months away? Um, Well, I'll have you know, I did spend several years in med school. 
Well, there we um, go. <laughs> that's a lie. That's not true. Um, my sport management degree does not qualify me to speak on this, but I will tell you what I've read on the internet. Um, and that is, this is a good thing. Um, that means things are progressing the way they should. I know we talked about it. Uh, I think it was on the last episode I mentioned, maybe we leave the metal in his body to help him gain weight. Um, but this is a good thing. Um, he already, you know, we've seen the video. It was the, the pictures of him shooting. He's, you know, he's not in the boot. I'm sure he'll be back in it briefly, you know, while he recovers from this, but um, it's a good sign. We won't see him this year, which I know I think everybody has that like little bit of hope, but I don't see any way that we rush him back. Um, it's just not worth it. I mean, even if, you know, we get the last play in spot, it's not worth it to put him out there and risk him. Um, so unfortunately it means we won't see Chet this year. Fortunately, it means his progress is headed in the right direction and it doesn't mean there has been any setbacks. I'm just excited for the, yep. the chat content we're going to get, like practice content of him, you know, being able to not just jump on both his legs and shoot, but like in a couple months away when he's dunking the ball again, I think that's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, Jackson, Um, you know, I agree with what you said, you know, he's pro- obviously he's not going to play this year and I don't think there's any sense in rushing him back. You know I mean? I obviously wanted to see him play this year, but you know, in my opinion, it's not worth the risk of bringing him back late in the season, maybe for a potential playoff sp- playing spot. So, um, you know, I think just, like I said, hopefully he heals and it looks like he's on the right track. Yeah, I think that's, you know, just uh, Thunder fans just kind of have to be patient on this one. Just, you know, yeah. let, let let him get healed. Let him, you know, let him take care of business like always. But, um, you know, we kind of mentioned him a little bit ago. Uh, you know, Cade brought this up in the in our chat of um, Josh Giddy has been playing I don't want to say significantly, that doesn't seem like the right word, but he has been playing a lot better than he had recently. So, Kate, I'll kind of let you just go ahead and, and take this one and, and, and run with it. Uh, just looking at his last few performances, and this is this goes for the last, well, let's count, one, two, three, and then, okay, so about the last seven performances of November, he knocked down only one three-pointer, and then he comes in December, which has been two games, so not a huge sample size, and he's knocked down five three-pointers and just 11 attempts. So, I mean... What we're seeing in there looks a little bit more improved with the way he's just playing off Shea, you know, and just playing within himself. He just looks more confident out there. And, you know, he was a big part of the Atlanta comeback. I mean, he led his second unit to to the point where the guy extended burn, the whole second unit did, because Giddy was making them look better. He, he really finds Ujman in the right spot where, you know, gets J-Dub on the right cut. So, I mean, he just looks better and more in control, even though in the Atlanta game, I think uh, it was about like nine minutes in the third, he got taken out. But, you know, the way he responded and came back in because he wasn't playing as good, came in and played better just to see that is, is really – it's a good thing to see him respond to that kind of adversity. And after a rough couple of stretch of games, shoot the ball with a little bit more confidence. Yeah, Kate, um, you know, I agree with you. And, um, you know, one thing I love about Josh Giddey is, you know, when he does that baseball – the baseball football pass, you know, just throws it across the court. Um, You know, that's really fun to watch. But, um, you know, last night he was really good, you know, four assists in the game, 17 points. I mean, he played a huge part in the comeback last night. Yeah, it's it's been good to see he he's not playing, you know, in the same style as last year where he was a primary ball handler um, with SGA out, but he's definitely looked more like the player we saw in his rookie year where we said, man, this guy's good. Like, I can't wait to see him next to SGA. And obviously there's been, you know, a slow start to the year for Giddy, but he seems to be kind of fitting into the role better, seems to kind of be figuring out what his, his role is going to be. Um, and 
you know, the second unit kind of thrived with him leading it. And then, you know, he still, you know, fit in alongside SGA towards the end. And um, it, it feels like he's kind of figuring out what, what he's supposed to be doing and where he's supposed to be when he's not, you know, the lead ball handler on the court. He also kind of set a tone, like defensively early in the game, he had a steal on a block. I think it was both in the first quarter. Um, I think it's kind of important for a player like him who's six foot eight, has a solid frame where he's able to do that. I mean, just to be able to go set a tone early in the game, that, that's, that provides a lot of value. And he has a lot of value as a, a secondary uh, playmaker and a tertiary scorer. I mean, just to be able to do both of those things, it adds a lot more value than, you know, maybe people think. And it might not show up as much in the, in the box score, but like the, the impact and the energy is there. So we, we've talked about the the rookies a little bit here. Now, I, I want to pose this question for you guys, and, and this is kind of a – we didn't really talk about this one, so I'm not giving them much much heads up. But between Jalen Williams, J-Dub, and Usman Zhang, in 10 years, who's going to have more all-star appearances? Okay, so I think it's whoever's not on the Thunder in 10 years. <laughs> so whichever of the two ends up somewhere else, whether it's because they don't want to get paid or something, I'm going to go with them. But, I mean, more realistically, I want to say, based on ceiling alone, I'm going to go with Ujman, Ujman Jang. Um, Jalen Williams is an incredible player. He's going to be a great complimentary player, player, and he probably will have the tools to, you know, be a very solid player that could borderline make, like, a DeJounte Murray all-star game. But I just think Ujman Jang has the higher ceiling of the two. I tend to agree. I'm kind of, if you ask me who makes one all-star game, I feel like it might, it would be like J-Dub. If you ask me who makes five, it would be Usman Jang. It's kind of that like weird in between, like Jang has the higher ceiling. Like if you told me, I mean, he's nowhere near the level, but you know, at some point Jang kind of developed a, a Paul George-esque game, you know, size, you know, the things that PG does. I don't think Jang could quite get to that level, but you know, crazier things have happened. Um, he Jang kind of gives me the, the like the ceiling would be multiple all-star games whereas you know J-Dub one would probably be good but if if J-Dub's getting one all-star game that probably means Jang's not getting it so that's kind of where I would say yeah I'm gonna agree with both of you guys I think uh, Jang you know has feeling to um you know make multiple all-star games in the next 10 years um you know, I just like watching him pass and shooting but um I think I think J-Dub definitely could make an all-star appearance um, within the next 10 years, but just pretty much like what you guys said. So as we kind of, kind of get to the wrap it up to the end of this episode, um, kind of to preview the next three games, uh, you've got a Wednesday, uh, basically our, our next show will be after the road trip's over. So we'll recap the road trip next uh this will be next Wednesday when it comes out, but, but uh, Wednesday, you know, starting, you know, middle of this road trip, you got at Memphis, uh, then you got Saturday at Cleveland, and then you got a, uh, a battle against uh, Dallas uh, next Monday. So uh, Jackson had a, a fun idea of uh, instead of doing just a standard, we're going to go Oh, and three projections, a very specific prediction so Jackson, so out of these next three games, what is your very specific prediction? My very specific prediction is that when we come together next week to record after these three games, that Josh Giddy has hit at least eight threes in three games. He's been shooting it well. 
I think it continues. So that's, you look, that's two, three, and three. You know, maybe it gets hot, hits a four, hits four in one game. But I think we see Josh Giddey's shooting continue to improve, continue to, to stay consistent instead of being up and down. And that by the time we come back next game, he's developed in his shot even more. You know, Josh Giddey, eight threes in three games. Jackson, Jackson, kind of like what you said, um, but in the Dallas game, I'm going to predict that uh, SGA makes more three-pointers than Luka Doncic does. I'm going to go SGA makes uh, 10 three-pointers in that game and Luka makes nine. So I'm predicting a very high-scoring game, but uh, that's the game I'm looking forward to the most is the Thunder at the Mavs. I'm going to take a look at the Cavs game, and it's kind of like piggybacking off of the we've seen all season is looking at SGA outplaying other stars. I think he straight up outplays both Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, kind of like we saw when he uh, outplayed Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, Jason Willen, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, kind of how he outplays duos by himself. I think he does that again against Cleveland. There we go with more SGA all-star talk. It's just, <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the train ending. will not stop with the Boomtown Hoops. Crew. He needs to be one. Yeah, Steven, what you got? Oh, man, I, I was really hoping you guys wouldn't make me do one of these, but I will. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if there was a fourth game, I could really make this good. But, um, man, I'm going to say, golly, I'm going to go an opposite Thunder thing here. I'm going to say Steven Adams gets 18 rebounds Wednesday night. Ooh, that's, uh, a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of boards, but. I mean, you've got to listen. He wasn't my favorite Thunder player for for a reason. So, um, oh man, but yeah, that's I'm going opposite Thunder, but I'm saying Stephen Adams gets 18 rebounds Wednesday night. Does he win the tip? Good question. Do what? Does Does he win the opening tip? Because you know he studies that. Does he win the opening (laughs) tip? Jackson, this sounds like a like what? What's the uh, like? What's the betting per- like? What's the over under? Uh, like, what's the betting line on this thing if he wins the um, opening tip? Uh, I feel like it's got to be pretty good. I was gonna say, in terms of your rebounds, are you saying that Poku can't bang with Steven Adams? Because I mean, it's gonna be Poku versus Adams on the jump ball, I would assume. So, I tend to lean Steven Adams, you know, just that's psychological. You know, Steven's gonna say something to Poku right before the tip, Poku's not gonna know what to do. I, I, you know, I would lean Steven Adams like minus 230. Like, you know, there's some value. There's no value. There's value in Poku if you think Poku gets up. But I, you know, I, I tend to lean with you, Stephen Adams, Thunder Legend. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I, I think that pretty well wraps it up. Guys, unless you've got anything else, um, I think that's pretty well going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, Jackson, I do want to give you uh, a little homage to soccer. Do you have a, a, a complaint about um, – the United States team, or, or are you just kind of just let it go? Um, I, I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's about what I expected. I'm not, not thrilled, but not disappointed. I mean, I think you play that game five times and it has, you know, at least one or two results that go our way. It just, just wasn't our day. Um, but you know what? We'll just enjoy the rest of the world cup. You know, football season's almost over. We are almost fully basketball season. And when that time comes, there's just going to be so much more focus on the surprising Thunder team, and I'm looking forward to it. 
Not hopefully ever. we're talking about a hopefully this time next week we're talking about a six game winning streak. I I I would I would be very impressed if we finished out this uh oh I would do but... yep. yeah I was gonna say I I don't know if we if we want to do our traditional predictions as well because I've been looking at it and I think last time I said oh and two or one and one I, I keep looking I'm like yeah maybe the Cavs the Cavs are good on defense I'm I'm not sure what to expect here from the next three, but you know the comeback kids. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we took you know at least one of these next three on the road. Um, so I say if you ask me, I'd go one and two on the next three. Yep, uh, Josh, what what you gonna go with on the next uh, to finish out this road trip? No, I'm gonna go with the Thunder going on this road trip. Um, I think they'll beat. Uh, I think they'll beat Dallas. Probably lose to Cleveland and beat Memphis tomorrow night. That that that's my prediction. So, so two one from Josh Cade. Are we gonna are we gonna get back <laughs> on the tank train or uh, or are we gonna get some wins here? I have to have a new prediction, but I'm not feeling zero and three. I'm not really feeling one and two. So I guess I only get to say three and zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well. Uh, guys, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us today. So, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, if, if you're feeling, feeling the love, feeling generous, it's Christmas time, Sh- share the podcast. We always appreciate, appreciate that. So for Jackson, Josh, Cade, I am Steven. Uh, see y'all next time. Mm-hmm.